to the Work Life Flow podcast, where we moms take the reins of our lives, explore our options, question the status quo, and demand more from society. Here we come together to tell our stories and share tears of frustration as well as tears of joy. But most importantly, we come together to inspire you to create a work life integration that works for you. So pour yourself your favorite beverage and come hang out with us. Welcome to Work Life Flow episode 53, Finding Synergy in Work and Family Life. Before diving into this episode, I wanted to recap a little bit of the announcement that I did last week in case you missed it. Over the last year, I have formed new collaborations. One is with Village, an employee benefit program where employees can book coaching with me, for example, and Leaders Launch by Keys International where I was offered to become a partner coach to fill a similar role, to do trainings, but also to be available for coaching sessions. And this has led me to focus a little more on the corporate space and work-life integration for parents in the working, which means that my attention shifting also means that I am most likely shifting more towards presence on LinkedIn. So if you have a LinkedIn profile, make sure to follow me. My profile is at kkirchsteiger and I link to it so it's easier to find. My work-life flow podcast is here to stay. However, the focus will shift towards the corporate space a little more as well. I am hoping to be able to get guests from HR who are usually in charge of finding training programs and employee benefit packages, as well as leaders who already might be doing things very differently and you know, share their story, their successes, their pitfalls, as well as giving working parents a voice on this podcast, because I think we just live in this prime time, right? You might have heard of the great resignation. It is employees who are now pushing to get the benefits that they're looking for, not only in terms of salary, but working conditions, flexibility, support, etc. For the last two years, I've been saying that this is the prime time to really dig deeper, to push the boundaries of what's possible, of what's imaginable, and create company cultures that are really, truly inclusive and supportive, and hence more productive. So even if you're not in the corporate space, I believe that in this podcast, you still will have a lot of nuggets, a lot of lessons to be learned about work-life integration, about how to lead a team if you're running a business, how to lead your family. So I hope you keep hanging out with us while we explore how to human better. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. In today's episode, my guest Christelle Pillow and I discuss how being a multicultural family comes with its own sets of challenges but also opens the door to redefining your values and creating your family culture. She shares her journey leaving behind a career in engineering to become a life and career coach. Her experience having to gap different expectations from French colleagues and German clients fueled her interest in helping moms go back to work after child-rearing breaks. She helps working moms live in alignment, have a fulfilling career, and enjoy family time as well. 
Today, I have a special guest from Europe. She connected with me and reached out, and we had a really nice meeting on Zoom to connect and to get to know each other. And then at the end, we were like, we should have recorded this. It was so good. So let's hope that we can bring some of this energy or some of this vibe into this podcast, even though now my questions are a little more curated. Yeah, let me start by introducing Christelle. Christelle has been coaching families, businesses, and schools since 2015. Her vision is to help families grow in harmony and build exceptional lives. With her expertise and personal experience as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and mom of three French-German boys, Christelle is uniquely positioned to guide working parents to reclaim their freedom. She truly believes that family is a great asset in business and in life and that everything can be connected. She has a master's degree in chemical engineering and is a certified coach and trainer. She has been trained in mindfulness and stress reduction for adults and children. And I think this is what she's bringing to most parents right now. And Christelle has also studied personal development for over 20 years. So you can imagine she is a wealth of information and knowledge and will share our wisdom here on the Work-Life Flow podcast with us today. So I'm so excited to have you here, Christelle. Thanks for joining today. Thank you very much. I'm very excited as well. And I really, really hope that we can have the same exchange last time because I liked it a lot too. So <laughs> yeah, I usually ask my guests to share a little bit of the backstory of, I mean, you already said you're a chemical engineer, right? How did you end up doing what you're doing right now? What was the, you know, where, what were the turning points in your life and, and what has changed and what are you hoping to bring to families? Yes, indeed. So I was chemical engineer, but it was more or less by accident. I wanted to be a psychologist as I was 18, but yeah, people told me ah, it's not a good job. So then I went for engineering and uh, I liked it, but personal development has always been in my life. I started to read books with 15 already, so the personal development books. I had my first meditation with eight, as I was eight years old. So it always has been part of my life. And it came to a point um, that I, I felt that my job as engineer, that has no meaning anymore to me. So it was interesting because I had to travel around the world. Um, it was interesting because I met a lot of people with different cultures. I really loved this part, but all this energy just for having more sales, because at the end of the day, it was my job to have more sales. I wasn't really aligned with it. And I had already two children at that time. And I just felt, wow, that's a lot of energy a lot of bad compromising for me. Sometimes I have to travel or I have to stay a very long time in meetings for nothing. <laughs> and I have my children at home and they are sick or whatever. And it felt very difficult for me to not being aligned with who I am. And uh, it was so difficult that at some point I couldn't uh, wake up the morning anymore. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't do a normal day. I was completely burned. And at that point, I decided just to change, to change my life. And I decided to change my life because for three reasons, really. The first one is was because I didn't recognize myself. And I, I, I thought if I don't react now, I'm not going to be able to react later. 
uh, it's going to be too late. Another reason was because I was losing myself, I was losing my relationship with my husband as well because he couldn't really understand my trouble, my questioning. He wasn't really happy with the idea that I, I had to change, but um, yeah, I felt alone there. And um, the last thing that really made me do the change, it was because of my boys. So I have uh, three boys indeed. I want to be a role model for my children. And I thought staying in well-paid job, but staying just because of the check at the end. So just because of the money, it's not the values I want to give to my children. What I want to give to my children is that we have to fight for what we think is true, that we have to, to be courageous enough to go for our passion. And I really believe that it's not possible to tell that our children if we don't do that by ourselves. So <laughs> I decided to do it. <laughs> and that's how I decided to change. Yeah, I love everything you said. For me, it's some parts are similar, <laughs> some parts are different. <laughs> I've not really worked a lot in the corporate space when I was a mom. I did that before. But yeah, it's just I love that you said that if we as parents don't live the life in a way that we think is right, they're not going to pick up on it, right? They're going to they're gonna see us miserable. They're going to see us pushing through, doing because we were told so, doing because it was expected. How difficult was it for you? I don't know. For me, it was a little difficult to actually say, I am leaving science behind. Was it difficult for you too? For me, it was not difficult at all. <laughs> But my husband, so my husband is engineer too, and my husband told me, no, it's just not possible. You cannot leave that. You studied for that. You cannot just leave that. And for some people, being a coach is, it's not the same standing. It's not the same social level. I don't see that this way at all. So for me, it was easy. My transition was a little bit slow for two reasons. It's because I needed the money. Uh, so I, I needed to do that. And, and I wanted to be sure as well to be a good coach. I didn't want to to have to, to look at the money. I wanted to be free enough to do whatever I wanted to do and with the path I wanted to have. So that's why it took a little bit. Uh, and, and because as well, because of my husband, he wasn't really happy with the idea. So I had to compromise a little bit and to to take a little bit more of my time. I would have felt the support. I would have done it quicker, but it's good as well. So um, I, I think it's, it was the right way uh, to do that for me as well in, find, in order to find myself. And then we had three children and everything is a little bit slow when you have a lot, a lot of children. So when you have children at home, but it's, I think what is important is really the journey. It's what you learn doing it. And what I find so interesting is that at that moment, I decided to change my life. I, I can remember it was in December. I decided to sign up for this uh, coaching certification. And after that, it was even more complicated because I had to study like 10 hours a week in German because I decided to do that in German. And my husband was still not so happy with the idea. And, and, and I was still burned with my job. But funnily, it's at that moment I was I had more energy. 
at that moment where I decided to change my life. So my energy level was completely different. And I never had any depressive moment anymore. So before that, it was like every year during a long period of time, like every year for 15 years. And at that moment, I decided to change my life. No depression anymore at all. And it's like now almost 10 years away. And I found that so impressive. So it's not because easy is going to be easier that you have less depression. It's more because you find something that worth it to put your, your energy in and then you find energy back. So it was a big, big lesson for me. Yeah, I can relate. And I think I had, I don't think I had on my podcast, but I had a collaboration with somebody and she was from the Netherlands and she had like postpartum depression. And for her, it was the same. Like once she stepped into a different role, she actually sort of pull herself out of the depression easier because she found that energy that you say, like she found it, she found a fulfillment in what she was doing and she found that she could, she made an impact, right? So she had a reason to get up. She had a reason to be present. That's a beautiful story. You already spoke a little bit to the cultures and I think this was something that we connected over too. My listeners know that my husband is Spanish. I'm from Austria, but we live in the United States right now. So we have kind of to combine or to, I say we take the best and leave the worst of each culture. <laughs> but it, it is difficult to navigate that sometimes. And you have two cultures in your home as well. What do you see as some friction points in your home and in like in the mindset that you said, like changing a job was difficult or changing a career? Because you studied, you had already put all your life, all your effort into one direction. Now changing for your husband was difficult to understand. And I thought this was actually a European mindset. Because when I came to the United States, what I found is that a lot of people that I saw, like speakers, at age 40, 45, they suddenly reinvented themselves and started doing something else. So they took the skills they had and just applied them to a different problem, right? So what is your take on this? Because you, you seem to have, I don't know if I interpreted it wrong or differently, but what I heard you say, maybe in France, this is more okay than in, in Germany. There is a big, big difference between France and Germany, even if we are neighbor and we, in, in some point, we think it's more or less the same. It's just the language is different and maybe the food a little bit, uh, like a running gig, but... Uh, I haven't seen so many differences before I was a mom. So before being a mom, so it was, yeah, okay, so it's another language and we, we have some other, um, the food culture is different, but the rest is, is kind of similar. But when you have a family there, you can see a big, big difference. And one of the big differences is that in France, so families are bigger in France generally. So there is a lot of family having two or three children. So it's really big. Standard. In Germany, you have that a little bit less, so it's more one or two children. So three children is really big family already. And usually, when there is more than two, three ch children, so the woman stay at home more, far more than in France. So in France, it's like after two months, you go back to work. And in Germany, if you go back to work after two months, it's, you are a terrible mother. So you cannot do that. It's, it's really bad for the family, for the children, for everybody. And as a mom, you have to be happy to stay at home. Maybe it's a little bit 
caricature what I explained, but I, I could feel it. So at that point, I had a colleague in France and I had a client and colleague in Germany and I had two different kind of reactions. So my, my colleague in France told me, what? You, you don't come back after two months, so you are really like lazy, so you take your time really. And my colleague in Germany was like, you cannot go back to work so quickly, it's not okay. So what I heard is like something like, you are not half pregnant, so you cannot be half mother, you have to stay at, at home. I was like, whoa, that's a huge difference. So my chance is that my husband don't think that I have to stay at home. <laughs> so it was not a, it was not a problem there. But usually then it's the, the traditional roles of mother being at home, taking care of the family. It's more present in Germany. Yeah. And then you have eventually to uh, fight a little bit more at home in order that if you work as well, that's the, the mental load and the, all what you have to organize at home has to be fair. So the repartition or the, the way of conducting home. So it was something that I had to discuss a lot with my husband to try to, to having been a be, being part of the family and taking his role as a father. And a lot of people tell me that I'm very lucky to have him, but I know that it was a lot of work as well and a lot of discussion and a lot of letting go of a lot of things because, again, we don't have the same culture. And so, yeah, so there is a lot of things that I had to let go. Uh, to think it's not going to be like in France or like at home or like I would like to have because his culture is different and doesn't understand that. And yeah, you have to do a lot of compromise. I like to say that it's all about communication, really, because, again, people say that my husband is doing a lot and it is true, but it was also true that because I was working in with my first and I was a stay-at-home mom with my second because of visa issues. But so I've, been, I've seen both sides of the coin and both are difficult to do. But being a stay-at-home mom with my second, I really took on many, many more tasks than I had to before because before it was normal that we had to share, right? We had to figure out how to keep everything running while both of us were working as well. And then when I stayed home, it all, it didn't get dumped on me, but I took it on. And then when I wanted to go back to work, it was really a lot of conversations about, hey, this is really important to me. In order to, for me to be able to work, we need to, to do some things differently again. And, and so I started, I have this story when the first time my husband was home with the kids by himself, I used to have snacks and everything prepared. So he just needed to warm up. And then slowly I weaned that out. <laughs> slowly I was like, well, you have them when I have them all day long. I have to think about it. I have to plan it. I have to, you know. So there was a time where it was kind of a little bit of a struggle, you know, like arguments and, and, and things around it that this was expected to be done by him. But then now it's all, you know, we, again, it's more about setting expectations and, and sharing what you need and, and talking it out. So we do a lot of family meetings. I don't know if you, you use that tool, but we love it because it is non-confrontational. Sometimes we do it around the table, but not always. But we have like these meetings where we, we kind of go through the calendar. This is coming up and, and it's not anymore. I'm taking them to sports. It's who 
is going to take them to Mexico, yeah. for example. <laughs> exactly. So it is like it, you just change the conversation from it's on one person and then I want you to do that rather to offer, hey, wh what can you take off this schedule for me? Or I have a call at this time. Can you be with the kids or do we have to find childcare, for example? Mm, yeah, we do exactly the same. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Just one point, what I found interesting, and I, I have seen that really as I decided to quit my last engineer job. So um, it took me about, I don't remember exactly, but I think four months or five months to have one person shadowing me at work in order this person to take my job. And at the same point, at the same moment, so I had like a friend of mine, she decided to go back to work. And um, after one month, she was like, oh, my God, I cannot anymore because I thought my husband would take more from uh, the course and so on. But it takes nothing. And I, and I know her husband is really nice guy. So it's uh, and I, I asked her, well, did you do like uh, shadowing or did you do what we do in at work? You know, and I explained her. So I have one guy is shadowing me for four months. He's paid for that. It is his job and I have to teach him everything that I know in order for him to be able to take uh, to take my job. Did you do something like that with your husband? Because she's very organized. She's really like, yeah, the perfect housewife. Everything is perfect, perfectly done. And he said, how do you want him to be able to start to do something? He has no clue. He's never there when you do that. He doesn't know your system. Your system is so perfect that even if you tr if you try to do something his way, you are not going to accept that because it's not your way and you are so perfectionist. And she is starting to think, uh, you are right. So it's not fair to ask him to just take over. And I think it's what is missing in our world sometimes. As a woman, uh, at the beginning, we stay at home because, yeah, children come from us and so, and so on. So we organize ourselves and then we expect our husbands to just being able to read in our mind and to know exactly what to do. It's just not possible. Yeah, I love that you touched on that. He's not going to do it right, because I think that's a big issue in, in a lot of relationships that I've, I've encountered. I like to talk about leveraging the individual strengths, right? Like instead of shadowing, what I like to do is I have, for, for one, we have to make the invisible visible, right? Your shadowing would do that, right? It would not only teach how to, but also what needs to be done on a daily basis, on a weekly. So what I do usually is I have them write down what comes to mind or walk through the house and notice what they see needs to be done and then go down the list like what can be eliminated what is only important to one person what is important to the other and who wants to take on what and then shuffle it like this and then accepting the way how people do things right we have to work on letting go of control and of of inviting others into the space because it is their space right so what i wanted to come back to a little bit is the cultural difference that you said that you had to juggle, even in your role, you had colleagues that were French, but then also clients that were German, and you got two different messages, right? So on the one hand, I think I would like to go a little bit into how you navigated that. Like, how did you have conversations around this? How did you make them see your point of view? Or, or was it difficult to make them see why you chose what? even if it clashed with one and the other culture. 
and how you still see that happening because you do work with corporate moms, right? Yeah, yeah. So in what way can you help them navigate motherhood and how to reincorporate into the world of work? Yes. So to be honest, for me, it was, I kind of enjoyed it. I found it uh, funny because even, even about the baby, when you have a baby, so there is French, French, doctor or French moms or, or French uh, literature telling you that you have to do one way. And then in Germany, they tell you to do completely differently. And then I was like in the middle and I thought, you know what, then I think I can do whatever I want. And that's it. And, and then it freed me completely for, from what the other think. I decided to do the way I want and that's it. And quite for everything around my children. And even now, so there is sometimes things that I decide to do this way. And I know that German people don't do this way, that I don't care. Or sometimes French people don't like it this way and I don't care because it's just a point of view. It's not so important. Yeah, I love this. I love this. Like you said, my relationship with my husband, it was not so shocking until we had kids. And then we got the information, like the comments and, you know, we live far away from family. So it's not that bad. But whenever we went back to our families, we got those notions of, hey, this is not how you do it or this. Wh why are you doing this like this? So it was freeing for us to be away. <laughs> In a way, I always say, because we could do more what we wanted to and, and how we felt it was right. Right. And as long as I'm not overstepping any boundaries with somebody else, it's really up to me how I, how I lead my family. And so what we are now saying often is, what is normal, right? Because our families back there, like one is a totally rooted Spanish family and the other one is really, really Austrian. <laughs> so both of them sometimes say, this is not normal. And so we're like, what is normal? Can we define that, right? Because Look at eating. We already talked about food. <laughs> In Spain, they eat lunch at 2 or 3 p.m. and dinner at 10, 11 p.m. Well, in Austria, we do eat like a roughly 1 p.m. lunch and a 6 p.m., 7 p.m. dinner. Here in the States, it's even earlier, right? It's at noon and at five, for example. So, you know, if you have these three cultures and you have two in your home, you have to make a choice, right? <laughs> but it sometimes can be freeing, like you said, that you can, you start questioning everything. Yeah, you start questioning. And I think you really have to start questioning everything because if you don't do that, you, you just get nuts. <laughs> so I, I, with my husband, even without children, without questioning my culture and why I think it's not okay to drink coffee at 11 a.m. the morning because I still think it's not okay. <laughs> but my husband, he does that. So like yesterday's like 11, 11.30, yeah, I'm going to have a coffee. And like, what? But it's not time to have a coffee. We are going to have uh, lunch. And he's like, yeah, and I don't see the point. So I can have a coffee and lunch in the same time. And for French people, it's just not possible. <laughs> but at the end, I don't think, so maybe like 15 years ago, I would say, that's not okay. You cannot do that point. So I don't want to speak about that. And now I don't say it's not okay. I say it's still disturbing me <laughs> but I don't I don't say that I am right it's just it's doing differently I wouldn't do that but it's okay so I don't care at the end so we just have this joke now at home but it's not a friction point 
And like 15 years ago, it was a friction point. It was, no, it's not okay to do that. <laughs> so that's why I think it's um, different culture is great because it, you have to open your mind. You, you don't have on other ways to, to overcome that. Uh, if you don't open your mind, it's, it's going to be over very, very soon. And yeah, it was the same for children. And then it is for your children, this is their reality. I mean, they're growing up in Germany, so maybe the German culture is a little more predominant in their lives, but they have a French identity. They're going to choose and pick what they like and integrate that into their lives. One question that I have to, for you is how would you want to see companies navigate motherhood and welcoming back moms to work? Do you have an opinion on that? It's a, it's a great question. I think uh, mothers and companies, so I think the whole culture has to change. What I have seen is that there is a lot of mothers that are not confident when they go back to work because they believe that they lose some capabilities. And one of my job, because I do a lot of career coaching, so one of my job is to help them to see what they gain during this time when they had the children and the organization and the soft skills and there is so many assets that we have when we have children. And I spoke this, this today, uh, I, I had a post on LinkedIn and explained that indeed, so when you have a career and when you have a family, you have to be so good at team building at home. You have to be so good at uh, time management, energy management, emotion management. So the intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence is, should be so high because it's so complicated with small children and so complicated when you have no time, when you have a high mental load and when you, when you know that you have no time to deal with the emotions and so on. So these skills, and I, I, I know that I, I spoke with a dad uh, with three children, so three girls he has, and he's very active with his family. And he told me, you know, I can see that at, at work, my uh, colleagues or employees having children and taking care of the children. The one really uh, trying to have this work-life balance and trying to, to fix everything. They are different. They are more resilient. They can go to the essential. They can um, deal with problems. So the, the, the way to work is different and it's a big asset. And I think we don't unface that enough. So women, as a mom, uh, should see that even more. That when they come back, they have a lot to offer. And companies should see that too that when women come back, she, maybe they are a little bit different, maybe the focus is different, but they have a lot of things to offer. And one of the things is indeed, so we should accept flexibilities more if it's possible. I know that sometimes it's not so easy, but sometimes it's really possible. And to try to motivate people uh, generally, because I think when you when you are a parent, you try to go to the what really where you can have an impact. It's not only having a job, uh, but it's really trying to do that um, as good as possible, but in a shorter time. Eventually, you don't want to lose your time anymore. That's over. It's you. You don't have time for that. Therefore, you you work differently. And that is not really taken under account, I found. Yes. 
I find the same with the moms that come to me. It's oftentimes they feel like they have lost skills because of the busyness of motherhood and the mental load. And, and you know, I mean, <laughs> when the kids are really little, a friend of mine and I, we had the joke that we had mom-versations, not conversations, because we couldn't finish. <laughs> we could never finish a thought. And so, yeah, we were kind of, this is in the early, early years of kids, right? The, when they're really little and need you a lot, they, they interrupt a lot. And, and so you feel like you can't finish anything and, and, and you get this sense of that you lost how to do projects and how to, how to work through from point A to B. And yeah, not long ago, I polled my Facebook group, the Work Life Flow Facebook group members about being a mom or a parent, whether this is actually adding your skills to your skill set, because my opinion is that you grow your emotional intelligence and you're actually better at managing and working with people. And it was really great. I mean, I have a lot of moms in there, right? But one thing that somebody mentioned, and she's in the leadership space. So she said, crisis management, time management, like you said, right? And I thought, that is so true, right? Because it's not all about how do I fit everything in the schedule, but then inevitably there will be change. <laughs> so we change management and how to accommodate everybody and everything and how to fit in everything is a really important skill to have in the workplace as well. So I feel like motherhood is a leadership position and you learn a lot of leadership competencies. And even sales competencies. I have uh, uh, negotiation competencies because usually uh, the one who win the deal is the one having more energy. It's all about energy. And when you look at the children, they have a lot of energy. <laughs> and sometimes they win because of the energy they put into the negotiation. And when you, when you come, and it's really what I really often say is like, look at your tools, what you use at work, leadership tools, team building tools, uh, negotiation tools, and try to apply that at home. You have to trick it because you, in order to apply it, it's different with uh, five years old. But then when you, when you achieve to trick it and when you, when you use that at home and when you try to use the, back at work, it's going to be far more profound and impactful than before. Because with children, you cannot hide with words, nice wording or whatever. So they really, you have to be as simple as possible. And it's what, what I do with mindfulness. So doing meditation in mindfulness with adults, it's kind of easy. Doing that with children they have to understand the concept. You have to have this high energy, but in the same time to be very calm and you have to capture their attention at the right moment. And it's so complicated. Then when you have done that, you understand for yourself far more with the mindfulness thing. And when you come back to adults, it's even easier to let them understand what it is all about. And I think it's exactly the same at work with team building, negotiation, crisis, management, and so on. Yeah, that's a nice segue into letting us know how you help people, right? Because you said you do a little bit mindfulness. Can you tell us a little bit about your offerings and where people can find you? 
Yes, sure. So it all indeed started with mindfulness for children, even if it wasn't my goal. But in my certification, coaching certification, what I have seen, it's my mindfulness uh, and my meditation routine were so precious to me. That's helped me to have this higher emotional intelligence, this higher connection with my thought, my emotions, and that it's so crucial that I decided to teach my children because it was not possible to find that anywhere in Frankfurt. So I decided to teach my children and it's not easy to teach to children and not as well less easy to teach to your own children. And that came that other people have seen that they wanted me to help with their own children. And then I started to, to work with other children, to work with different schools. And, um, I like it and I still do it. But what I have, what I have seen is that parents, we are the leaders. So it's not okay just to take care of the children. It's okay to take care of the parents in order the parents to teach or to show the children how to do. So definitely 2020, I decided to go for parents and to help parents to one, look at what matters to them, look at their thought, their emotion, and, and define where they want to focus their life in order to be aligned. Because when they are aligned, they have more energy, they are stronger, and they, yeah, they, they are more confident. So one point is that I help parents to be aligned. The other point is I help parents to, when they are aligned, so usually they want to change their job. <laughs> so a lot of them. So I help parents to change career. And the last one, I help parents to have a resilient family. Because again, uh, um, I think it's, uh, if you want to, to have an impact contribution with your job, you have to have a resilient family. You have to have a nice team at home. You cannot do that alone. And that's why yesterday I was, um, interviewed in a, in a radio and the interviewer know my job. And she told me, when I think of you, I think about synergy, leadership and energy. And indeed, I really help parents to have the synergy at home, to have the leadership they should have with themselves, with their children and at work, and to change career if it's needed, and to have the, the team building, the resilient family. It's the three pillars I'm working on. So family, you, and your career. Yeah, very nice. I think that's that's how I started out with my framework as well. You didn't mention where my audience could find you. Would you mind adding that? <laughs> well, so my name is Crystal Pillow. And if you uh, tip Crystal Pillow, you can find me. I am on LinkedIn. So I post a lot of LinkedIn. I like this platform. Um, I post as well on Facebook, um, usually on my uh, profile. It's where I, yeah, I have the more interaction yet. I have a, a one or two Facebook group. But um, I think the best is on my on my Facebook profile and a little bit of Instagram. And I have a website. Website is um, crystalpillow.com. Um, and there you can find me. Yeah, I'll make sure to link to everything in the show notes. Thank so you. So people can find you with one <laughs> click. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for the time. I really enjoyed the interview and I think we could go on and on. <laughs> yes, definitely, uh, definitely. We have a lot of things in common and a lot of parallels like how we changed careers and how we are trying to help 
families and the corporate space. Yeah. Yeah. I really love your mission. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I, the last word is really for moms or, and for parents is really to continue to, to take care of yourself, to educate yourself, to take time for yourself. It's really like a leader of a team. So usually the leader of a team take coaching for himself in order to improve himself. And then he can give that back to his team. And I would say for parents, we should do the same, continue to grow, to continue to, to try to, to go in the direction we think it's, it's what we should do. Uh, and not just to look at our children and help them to grow. I think the best way to help them to grow is to grow ourselves. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Work Life Flow. As always, you can find all links and websites mentioned in the show notes. Make sure to get your copy of the four must-have checklists for kids so you can sit back and relax while they are getting ready on their own at kerstinkirchsteiger.com. That is www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com. And remember, keep being brave and share your story.